0: Golding and I'm Evie Golding and, and together, together we are the Golden Girls. We are so excited to have you on the podcast today. We've got the amazing Linda Woodhead, the owner of Mocha Publishing which includes magazines, events and awards in the hair, beauty and barbary industry. She organises and runs huge events like the Australian Hair Industry Awards, the Australian Beauty Awards, and Australian Modern Barber Awards. She supports and rewards the younger up-and-coming generation with her amazing Hot Shots and Beauty Squad program. She owns and publishes the Hair Biz, Beauty Biz, and Barbershop Magazine. It's a lot of work, but she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Linda is absolutely a force in this industry. She has created buzzing businesses that support and platforms our industry. We are so excited to have her on the podcast today to talk about how she has created such incredible businesses that have shaped our industry over the last decades. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of The Golden Gals. We are so happy to get some time to just chat with you. I know you're a very busy woman with all your incredible businesses just flourishing at the moment, so thank you for taking the time to speak to us. I wanted to start with like quite a fun question to kind of get it all rolling. What are you loving and what are you loathing in the fashion, hair, and beauty scene at the moment?
1: um Look, I've had to think about this. It's, <laughs> it's tough, quite a hard question. <laughs> it's actually quite tough because I try to kind of look at and embrace everything. But I guess, I mean, there's stuff that I love currently let's talk about fashion but there's also then you know for other people but maybe not for (laughs) for me yeah Yeah. it's just your point of view yeah Yeah, Yeah. I know it's like everywhere you go at the moment and especially I think because of the amount of events that we put on so I have to look at you know evening wear quite a bit that's always a bit of a thing for me yeah um and it's very hard to find anything that doesn't have pieces of material cut out of it at the moment yeah the cutouts I know the cutouts so they like it's like you know when you are a, a lady of a certain age you don't want great big things cut out of the side of you and yeah and yeah. Um, and literally you can go into some shops and everything is there's just cutouts everywhere right. at the moment and that's so that's driving me a bit bonkers um
2: I hear you I know well morrison I've always thought as you know being quite covered up and I know a lot of the Muslim ladies love it because it's it's covered you know
1: yes. um
2: and that's got a cutout yesterday I was looking okay. at the green dress in the yeah, window we don't even have our safety out. net <laughs> my client was going oh. everything is
1: very everything is very sleek and fitted and cut out it's about the body so I think it's almost to me a bit of a an oxymoron in the sense that you know it's we're in this stage of our life at the moment where we are trying to be so inclusive about everything. And yet I just feel that in some cases, fashion is almost going against that a little bit because you have to be a certain shape and size to carry that kind of stuff off. So that's probably my loathe at the moment. I just don't think that they've quite got the memo. (laughs)
2: It won't last long. If you look at the sale racks, the cutouts in certain yeah, it's just are the, like this: fifteen in a row yeah. sitting
1: there. Yeah, that's why they're all there. Do you know it was interesting? <laughs> yeah, haven't I, gone. I did see, and I wanted to point out, and I made a note of this: that um, at um, New York Fashion Week recently, there was a um, a designer. I think it was Open Style Lab. I've got it written down, and they um they have created a full range for people with um spinal muscular atrophy and the whole show was um people that were um, disabled in some way quite often in wheelchairs that have that particular disease is very much about you know, body shape and like they, they don't have a lot of control over what that does. And so they've created this incredible fashion line specifically for that. So they can still wear really cool fashion, clothes, shapes, um, all sorts of different things. Um, and it was like an amazing show. I just, because when you asked me the question, I had a quick look at it and that one popped up and I was like, oh my God, that's so good that, you know, because I would imagine... People that aren't maybe, um, you know, the norm would find it quite difficult to still stay up with fashion. And this company have actually taken that and gone, oh, well, let's create some beautiful block colours, all the things that they do, um, you know, to to specify for that particular sort of demographic, which I thought was really cool. It's it's called Open Style Lab, O-L-S. Have a Google of that because it's actually quite cool with what they've done with it. Um, I guess from a hair point of view, um, I'm kind of loving the fact that there there is. A, it's one of those weird things. I guess because of COVID, everyone's just been embracing long hair. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: it's nice to see that some really cool short cuts are coming back. It's taking a bit of time, but. I sort of see it because I think I, I tend to see it slightly before everybody else because you get a lot of educators that are really good um, hair cutters yeah. that are all starting to kind of surface again and start to do education in that era and uh, an area of um, some really cool kind of almost traditional Sassoon sort of, you know, yeah. great cuts So I think... I think that is funny. I had lunch with somebody quite a few years ago uh, or a couple of years ago now and um, well known in the industry. And he said to me, and I think I'd arrived like this just with, you know, hair up in a top knot. <laughs> and he's like, When are we going to get back to some really cool styles? Every single woman I see has just got their hair in a top knot. <laughs> Yeah. To do um so I think that's coming back a bit
2: um see a trend of the androgynous model a lot of that on the catwalks and, and with that little pixie cut. so that yeah. should yeah. push it they, they it's should.
1: interesting too because we have our um we obviously have the ahia for hair awards and we've uh, launched the barbara awards last year but we've got our first actual event this year because we couldn't have it last year with covid and um, even though Barbara traditionally you think of really cool cuts with clippers or scissor over comb or whatever, um, I think last year pretty much um, all, all of the collections that we got, um, and again, this is to do with that whole inclusive thing, um, we're all male. This year we've got quite a few of... Um, female barbers as well as cuts that have been done on women or men or androgynous or to be honest whatever because that's fine Um, and so yeah definitely we're seeing that and I think certainly in the collections that we see that come through for the AHIA's there's very much that really sort of androgynous that whenever we do um collection shoots especially when we've done them for our hot shots team with jane jane um wild who's our creative director is all about the interesting face as opposed to the traditional you know vivian's model beautiful kind of face um and sometimes you can do a lot more with that and i think that's quite interesting and i think fashion is then also sort of you know that whole Block color. I mean, all the suits that everyone's wearing at the moment, I used to wear those yeah. you know, 30, 40 years ago. So I, I, I like that. Yeah. Although some of them can be a bit too big and a bit too boxy and then they make you look even bigger than what you are. So I don't love that. I'm not, I'm not, a, I mean, people will hate me for this. I'm not a fan of the mullet.
2: <laughs> well, I've got an 18 year old boy in the house and,
0: and said- I cut
1: his mullet. <laughs> and they, you know, it's funny I don't mind it on the girls I think it looks quite cool and I think I had one but I just you know <laughs> when I when I watch um I'm a big footy fan so when I watch um footy on the weekends it's like mullet 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 oh my god there's so many of them and I look at some of them and go if you just chopped that off you'd be so good looking but at the yeah. moment you just
2: look like
1: Joe Dirt and it's cool <laughs>
0: Ooh,
2: yeah, yeah, pretty look much. Like, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of it, but I've sort of grown used to it.
0: I think it's like the dramatic, like guys are doing like full shave and then just like this weird little yes. bit at the back. I'm like, ew, oh. ew, no. That's practically, <laughs> might as well just have a rat's
1: tail at this stage. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's very much like a rat's tail. So, yeah, I think um, that I'm not, I'm not a lover of that.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, I think that's a lot of what we're – finding at the moment loving and loathing those kind of things yeah for sure i think a lot of people would definitely be on the same wavelength as us (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) how did you start in the hair um and beauty industry
1: contrary to popular belief i'm not a hairdresser Yeah. I, I, can, I can have a go, but I'm not. My, my background is all publishing. So I started in publishing in the UK uh, many, many years ago uh, before I emigrated to Australia, which was in 1986. Um, my first job in the UK was for Reed Publishing, who were massive, and I worked on trade and technical magazines um, going out to the Middle East, Far East and Africa in health. So very different to what I'm sort of doing now, but still nonetheless in publishing. Uh, When I came out to Australia, I worked for a couple of people, but my first magazine was um, a street press newspaper called Rave, which um, mum will remember. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I worked for it they actually had a magazine called Time Off before that and I worked for them and then they went into receivership and then I launched Rave. So my, my first owned um, publication here in Australia in Brisbane was Rave. So it was a weekly newspaper, had a gig guide, we used to deal with all the touring bands and all the clubs and pubs and all that kind of stuff and, and, and it was an awesome time. Um, back in those days it was like early 90s, it was kind of when, you know, had a finger would walk into the office and pay their little $80 for their little ad. And, you know, it was, it was just a really cool time. And um, at the time that I had it, a friend of mine was wanting to launch um, a hair magazine in um, Australia and she was a hairdresser, but didn't know much about publishing and she wanted to put something out that was similar to the hairdresser's journal in um, the UK but she didn't have any idea about publishing. So on license, we published the magazine for the first few years for the, for her, um, which was the AHJ, so the Australian Hairdressers' Journal, um, which eventually we kind of bowed out of and just sort of it got too big and we sort of said, look, you need to take this over and do it yourself. So she did it herself. Um, and then in years to come, Um, that obviously moved and changed ownership and hands and that became the journal which it is now so it's quite funny because I originally sort of um, launched it and started it Um, and then she actually did ask me I I still have my own publications I went through a few different things for um, I had a couple of business magazines that were consumer magazines I had a spiritual new age magazine that probably helped me help me get through a divorce (laughs) Um, there was a few other magazines along the way Um, and then I had all my kids at the same time through that uh, which was Kelly and then I had the twin boys a couple of years after and I just a few years in I just needed a bit of a break so I kind of sold everything and was going to have a break and then she was still looking after um, and owned AHJ Um, she also had the awards and fame team and so she asked me to come in and Kind of just have a look at things. I guess when you own your own business, sometimes you can't really see the wood for the trees. So you need somebody to come in with fresh eyes and sort of have a look at it. So I did that and um, ended up. She ended up getting sick, so I, I ended up staying there for about two or three years, just kind of running things. So um, I guess that was the initial kind of introduction. Um, that was only for a couple of years, and then I left. And then I once again did my own stuff and. 16 years ago, um, I guess because I'd always loved that side of things and I'd loved hair and beauty, but I knew publishing, I felt there was a gap in the marketplace in hair, especially um, where the the beautiful side and the, let's call it the fluffy side was all being catered for quite well, but nobody was really looking after the business side of the business. Um, You know, there was about a 12% churn rate on salons, which means every year, approximately 12 percent of salons close Um, and that's usually through poor business skills because quite often people you know it's I think it's one of the biggest industries where people get qualified and then set up a business straight away any other trade you know if you're a plumber or electrician or something you can't just go set up a business you've got to then do another 12 months once you've finished your apprenticeship and and it gives you some of those business skills you don't get a license as such until you know how to run a business so Um, I just felt that I had all these business writers um, that were sort of sitting there and um, I knew I could bring them on board because they had great knowledge when it came to business, mentoring, salon staff, customer care, all that kind of stuff. And I didn't feel that at the time in the hair industry there was any publication looking after that. So that's why we launched Hairbiz because we – I felt that fed a gap and you know from a funding advertising point of view I mean we did have some of the big hair companies support us in from day one, but we went sort of for the advertising dollar for business service providers so insurance banks all that kind of stuff that was very different it put us in a very different kind of niche area Um, my plan was to actually have lots of biz magazines and then go to the big boys like American Express and get them to come across all, but we, we, and we floundered a bit for a year or two because I, we, we launched pharmacy beers. We launched pet beers, no. lots of other biz ones that just didn't really work. And then, and then we had beauty biz as well. And then we kind of went, you know, these other ones aren't working. Let's just, let's just look at what we are and what we do. And what we do is that we're a, by then we'd started looking at awards as well. So we kind of then, you know, like any business, I guess, kind of tried a few things that didn't work, looked at what did work, um, and ultimately came up with the brand of Mocha being a um, a hair and beauty company with magazines, awards, competitions, and everything under that. So it sort of evolved and changed sort of quite differently. Um, Hairbiz was launched first beauty biz came after both of them being six issues a year so it still meant that we had a monthly magazine as such uh, barbershop came a little bit later although barbershop we've still been doing for 11 years which we sort of started that before the big boom in barbering mm-hmm. um so yeah I think just um as I said I, I mean I feel like I'm an honorary hair or beauty person but yeah. <laughs> my my forte is in um in business and in publishing and obviously now I guess in competitions and events and awards and, and all that kind of thing and, and and have taken a huge amount of time making sure that I'm surrounded by the right people who who know things that I don't know to make sure that we've kind of got everything um covered but you know I reckon I could probably slap on a colour maybe if I had to. thing <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could. <laughs> it might be
2: very satisfying because I can see the difference that your work has made to the industry. It must be quite satisfying for
1: you. Yeah, it is. It's, you know, I'm not one of those people that kind of is very comfortable giving myself a pat on the back. But I must admit, I mean, I do look at it. I remember sitting um, at an awards night with Tracy Tognini a few years back and I think it was Hair Expo Awards before they closed and before we took over them. And um, Hot Shots is one of those ones which is a competition for for young people to try and give them, you know, connections and mentoring and all that kind of thing. And I was sitting with her and I think it was New Creative Force or whatever the one used to be called then. And um, she nudged me as the finalists came up and she said, look at that. And I was like, what? And she said, every single one of those finalists is one of your Hot Shots. And I hadn't kind of really thought about that and and I know that we we didn't do that solely but I do recognize that we did have a hand in that I think you know when I look at you know the list of of people that have come out of that program Evie obviously being one of them Mm. I do feel that we've had you know I mean I think of them all as my kids so the same as my kids that I I hope to guide and mentor and um, influence in some way I know that we that, that we as a company and and I as an individual do that and so yeah of course that that really does make me feel good and and I I think as well just even through COVID, for example, you know, we still tried to keep the cogs and wheels going, we still, you know, still managed to do the awards, albeit the fact they were online, um, looked at ways that we could still help the industry, we gave advertisers free advertising for like three months, like we tried to do as much as we could to keep that going, because, you know, um our new kind of motto if you like with our new we've recently changed branding from Mocha Publishing to Mocha Group because we are now just a, a group and it's not just about the publishing um is that it's you know it, it everything's for the industry so everything that we have now is for the industry by the industry we, we you know we're very good at knowing everybody so we can pull that in um and hopefully have a really you know positive influence my personally i i only allow people in my life that have a positive influence on me so i want to make sure that i have reciprocated that i guess and have a po- positive influence on o- other people whether yeah, it's yeah, i, I think only- I'd say
2: everyone else thought the same as yeah. you <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i think it just means that you can go to bed and sleep at night to be honest <laughs> um you know <laughs> if, if it comes from a good place then usually it's good so you know that's that's kind of where I sit
0: Mm. yeah amazing and definitely I think well I've benefited from the hot shots program and really enjoyed every part of it and it was always my dream starting at little 14 year old hairdresser being like that's my like that would be just the most amazing experience that's
1: really cool that's really cool and well it's funny because I've spoken to others like you know I spoke to, to Jack Horton the other day and um you know this year he entered for his salon so many, um, yeah. so many entries, which was obviously was for him and for um, Fabian and for the salon and for color and for, like loads. Yeah. But he said to me um, just after the event, because then Elle has got into um, uh, hotshots for this year he said none of the others. He said obviously it'd be great to win. He said, but none of the others really mattered. It was that if there was one I wanted, it was it was hot shots fail. That was the one because he puts down his experience um, to instrumentally kind of helping, and and that was an awesome thing to hear because it's like you know, yes, go for the big ones, but also look for the ones that um, are actually going to make some changes. You know, and and as you would know, that one is very much about. It is about hair, and, it, you know, we my, my thoughts behind that one has always been most of the time the finalists are from pretty good salons, and they usually get a lot of opportunity through their salons. So I don't need to put them up on stage at an event. I don't need to. They do all that anyway. But what we can do and what I can do that most people can't is bring a lot of amazing people into a house situation for three days that they wouldn't ordinarily have the opportunity to meet on a one-on-one and just get everything they can out of them. Um, You know, do, I I guess as well from, you know, a past life, I guess with me, even when I had the spiritual new age magazine um, I'm very much into personal development, self-development, you know, whether it's sort of hands-on healing, walking on fire, whatever it does, like I'll do any of that and and I can facilitate that. So I've tried to bring that in as well um, to really do some personal development to break through some boundaries and barriers. And Mm. um, I think people walk out of that house quite different.
0: Yeah, it was very powerful. Like the experience was very powerful and like we were all so different. Um, The four of us were all so different, which I think, was quite amazing to see at the end. It kind of just brought us all back to Yeah. What why we were there and what we want to kind of But it is
2: like do. finding
0: your tribe.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think as well, as so I've got to be also quite mindful of the fact that, and I I said to these guys and I say it to everyone, when they come into the house, um It's a safe space. Everybody knows that I know their bosses and I know everybody around (laughs) them. And, you know, but this has to be a safe space for them to be able to do what they ever they need to do for us to help them in their career. This is very much about a personal Mm. sort of, you know, connection um, between the team members and also um, you know, and I would never say or do anything that that isn't, you know, gonna be in some way beneficial to them for when they go out. Happens in the hot
0: shots house, stays in the hot shots house. (laughs)
1: hundred <laughs> percent for me too <laughs>
0: <laughs> definitely Such a, yeah. yeah, love it um and on that note like you were just talking and touching base with all the magazines that you have done I guess like run us through how you organize I guess a magazine and the publication of it and you said you do it six issues
1: yeah so we have um hair biz, um every every second month we have beauty every second month we have barber comes out quarterly um so those couple of months are always a bit hectic because then we've got two that we need to get done which is Barbara and hair mm. um it's a pretty set formula I guess and a lot of that I mean I I think it's easy but that's because I've been doing it for 102 years so <laughs> it's kind of um I that. <laughs> yeah i mean we have you know i so i guess the, the the people involved so i have louise who's louise may is my editor for Hairbiz and beauty Biz yeah Mama and Lou, Yeah, <laughs> Louise beautiful rex and she's also the the chief cook and, and helper as well at the yeah. <laughs> um rex silver is my barbershop editor um my editors have, were picked very specifically, and thank God they agreed, um, because they're not full-time, um, their job isn't full-time, they have their other jobs, but they both, um, and all of my editors have always had um, their, their own businesses and their own hands in the, in the business. So Louise, for example, is a hairdresser by trade. She's also owned hair and beauty salons. She also owned a business that was a, um, she's formulate uh, products for salons. She's a business coach and mentor. So when it comes to being an editor, she's perfect because she's got all of that knowledge and she understands the industry. Rex is the same, um, he's actually uh, has, has written, back in the day he used to write for Rolling Stone and different magazines, so he's got that. He's also a barber, he's a hairdresser. Um, he's uh, helped brands and companies um, with their own kind of marketing and all that kind of thing. He does a lot of teaching, so again, Perfect. So as far as the content, I, I don't need to really worry too much about it. Um, Nina, who's been with me from day one, she looks after advertising sales. Um, I also help with looking after some of the advertising sales with some of the majors because we that's not just advertising sales because quite often that can be linked with sponsorships and other marketing that we're doing for them as well. Jared's obviously just come on board as our general manager, um, so he kind of oversees everything, and he's creating lots of new opportunities. And then Shireen, um, what else, looks after all of our socials. Um, Kelly my daughter she's again been with me since day dot so she does all the graphic design and probably does the work of three because she's yeah. my daughter so she has to do the same as I do yeah. um, and she also helps me with all the events and stuff so with all those people with a magazine basically um it starts at the very beginning where I've got all of my list of all my advertising booked in it then goes to editorial where Louise will send me a list of all the editorial that she's got coming in um we usually have a meeting about once every three months to sort of have a bit of a brainstorm on the type of people that she can approach to do stories Mm -hmm. so we might have a list of people that we want to do a 10 minute story with or a feature story with or I'll see something on Facebook that just gives me an idea that I'll shoot to her and go, Oh my God, get in touch with this person. They've just done this, this, and this. So story ideas come from everywhere. When I go on conferences, for example, um, quite often somebody will come up to me and tell me a story about something and I'll be like, Oh my God, that would make a great story. So then I'll give that to Louise. So it's just about hearing about stuff um, that I combine with her. And then she comes up with everything as well. Um, So she puts all that together. I then sort of tell her what we also need to put in, which tends to be more event related. So for example, if we were going to be announcing finalists or winners or we're doing stories on, you know, the current Hall of Fame or humanitarian or something like that, then I'll tend to do that. And if I've got to do stories on... Um, maybe advertising, advertorial linked stuff. I usually kind of look after that. So then I've got my list of editorial and I've got my list of advertising. Um, I do it very simply then on a grid. And so I then basically plan a mock-up of the magazine. So if I'm going to do based on, um, there is a bit of a calculation that you just kind of know because I've been doing it for so long, but based on the revenue that we have in will determine the size of the publication because obviously the cost of, printing and post is astronomical Um, and on that which is interesting we we do a a survey about every six to 12 months just a random we call 100 salons and just say do you still want it print wise because everyone keeps telling me the print's dead which is rubbish Mm -hmm. Um, so but I won't dig my sort of heels in and stick my head in the sand and go just because I love print and I love a book and I love all that we won't do it if if or we wouldn't do it if it wasn't wanted because it would be just silly and non-commercial but literally when we do those surveys um it's not even 99 it's like a hundred percent of people still want that publication and they still want to you know they're tactile they want to see it breathe it smell it I and mean, even I get a kick when the magazines arrive here and you know you open that box and go oh it's like a new magazine yeah it's so it sick of the sight of it because we've been looking at it for ages yeah. it's
2: like the so, fashion cycle as well yeah, Same thing.
1: yeah exactly it's that sort of there is a um you know I think that I mean look this in print certainly anything like a gig guide newspaper those kind of things that are timely they're probably not they're not needed anymore because everyone can just go straight to their phone or laptop or or whatever, but niche magazines, business to business, I think um, definitely there's still a a need and a want. Um, We've had to also embrace the other side of that too. Um, So the magazine is online as well and comes in a digital format. Uh, We send all of the stories um, to our contributors um, in a digital format as well. So they can share digitally Mm -hmm. it's interesting when you look at the stats, because to be honest, not that many people actually do look at the digital one because I can see how many people do. And I think they still want to read it as opposed to um, look at it online. People don't want to read two, three page stories necessarily online. So, um, and then we've been just really, really conscious of really pushing socials. So we have a, a huge email database of about 16,000 for hair and about 9,000 for beauty um, so I guess it all kind of comes part and part. With the magazines, Dropbox is our life. We live in Dropbox land. It's me too. Um, <laughs> so the way that it works, the mechanics really quickly is literally Louise will work on all the editorial. Nina and I will work on the sales. Um, we put everything into, into one Dropbox. Uh, we use color dot coding, old school, but it's very effective. So when the story is finished... I'm ready to go, I then look at it and just make sure that if it needs to be subbed or edited, then I do that. And it goes across then to a separate folder into design. As soon as it hits that area, Kelly's got the grid, I've got the grid, Louise and Nina have got the grid and then Kelly will design the pages. Once that's all done um, and finalized, it then comes back to me for a final check over. So um, I'm I'm kind of, um, what's that movie? Meryl Streep, Devil Wears Prada. I'm her with the book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you are. Oh, the final book to see good. if I need to change anything. Um, from the, the it's not Vogue, but it's my Vogue. So um, yeah, it's not just sort of slapped together. So yeah,
0: no, not at all. <laughs> I don't think that sounds slapped together at all. No, it's it sounds like a well-oiled really- machine by now for sure. Yeah, it is. It is, and it and there
1: is a, there is very much a a set way. So then once that's done, and then I've checked it. Kelda's does all the contents and then um you know even with front covers we uh, we sell our front covers so that has to go through a process of design um going back to clients a lot of the times we have to get things proofed and approved by them too um and then it goes off to we upload it all it goes to print we get the proof back we check all the proof and then um off it goes usually as soon as one's gone we have about a week or two which is when we tend to try and sort of Cram in stuff that we need to do for the events, and then we're back onto another magazine. So, uh, once the magazine goes to print, it takes about a week or two to get out. Um, sounds like a really great team. Yeah, it sounds like it takes yeah, a village. It's like, it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, if you've been doing it for as long as I, you'd hope that we would have some form sort of system. Um, and yeah. it's so
2: good when you've been doing it so long, everyone knows their roles, they know the timing, yes. it just works.
1: Yes. I sometimes look at, at, at other um publishing houses and they'll have Kelly will probably laugh at this but they'll have like two three four five people in production to to do what we do Um, I don't you know and and it's, it's what people get used to um I remember going to a a Weller event quite a few years ago and they actually flew me into Sydney and it was all with um and I love mixing with them it's all the beauty editors of all the like top consumer magazines um least you would have spent time with them so it's like they're just a different breed (laughs) you know I think they they picked me up from the airport and and we had to pick up and I can't remember which one it was now because it was a few years ago and they've been through a few changes but it was it was a standing editor for Vogue at the time and she popped popped into the cab and she was very distressed and she was like oh, my God, I'm on deadline. And I'm like, I am always on deadline, which I actually am. They're not really. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, you know, I've got to get this story. She was on the phone and she was talking to somebody. And then she said to me, um, oh, I've just, talked, I've just talked to my assistant's assistant, which was the first thing that made me laugh. Yeah. Um, and she was like, you know, I've got to get this story done. And I said, when's it got to be in by? And she said, oh, you know, in three weeks' time. And it was like a review of a um, of a new foundation.
2: <laughs> I yeah I, I'd, I'd be going stop flapping around get the work done
1: <laughs> yeah I know, I know and it's like you know that's yeah I mean I, I know people that have been journalists for weekly and daily newspapers you know and they'll be they'll have a column to write For once a week on a Sunday and it's like rave when we had it rave was weekly we had to put out like a 30 between 32 and and 48 pager every week whereas ours are now kind of in the in the low hundreds but um yeah I it just if if you have the system um and everyone knows what they've got to do in the time that they've got to do it then it just gets done yeah
2: Um, well I've been a I've been a fashion editor and um when it was you on Sunday it would take me half a day a week to do it and yeah. um, when it yeah. was Q weekend with the whole shoot really was a day of work and shooting like all together maybe a few hours extra and picking things up and getting the yeah, deliveries exactly. but the, it was easy for me like I'm used to that you know Have
1: to get it done um so but no I still I I love it I um well you're very good at it thank you Should <laughs> by this time my god <laughs>
0: And you've got the business awards kind of coming up, like stemming from obviously having your publication and then organising a huge awards yeah, night. True. Like, I guess, how did you start, I guess, the awards and then now it kind of rolls into lots of different gala nights? Like, how, do, how does that even work? Like, it's just it sounds like wow. you've always got stuff going on.
1: It started, it actually started with beauty. Um, our first awards were the ABIAs, which is Australian Beauty Industry Awards. And that was because unlike hair, there were no awards in, in beauty. There was a couple of small ones that were with a few small little groups and associations, but they were a bit kind of incestuous and they weren't really kind of, people were complaining about them. So it was kind of, you know, it was really for members only. And, um, and I had to be honest, I'll, a lot of product companies come to me saying that they wanted to do it. A lot of people wanted to do it. And they said, you know, you've done it before. So why don't you do it? And I spoke to Reed for a couple of years saying, you know, are you interested? Cause they at that time had hair expo. Yeah. So I said, are you interested in doing the beauty award? So they were looking at it for about two years and just weren't doing anything. So, um, I thought, okay, it was more to shut people up, to be honest. I came up with this (laughs) concept and just like, right, I'll do it and I'll price it a bit silly and and then everybody will say, okay, fine. And then I can say, well, at least we tried. And so we went to the beauty expo and I put together a bit of a um, proposal for the companies to do category sponsorship. I didn't want a big naming right. I just wanted everyone involved. We had at the time I think maybe 20 categories to kick off with, Um, and we literally went around the stands and just said, We're doing this. Would you be involved? Would you sponsor a category? And by the end of the two days, we had every single category sold. Oh. So then I had to go and create the, because we had, we had nothing. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of
0: You're end. like, Oh shit, now okay. I have to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I then, I literally spent about a month and I downloaded nearly every single English speaking beauty award internationally. Um, and literally started creating it from scratch. So wrote the whole thing in terms of the, um, I, ha- I had the, the awards and the categories, but I didn't have the criteria. So I kind of put all that together and then I pulled in an incredible group of people that I knew through the beauty industry, educators, um, the dermal clinicians therapists salon owners and sort of got them to have a look over and kind of you know help me as well so it was a bit of a collaborative sort of thing um and then we launched it and then we we opened it it wasn't uh when we first launched it which was 10 years ago um, it wasn't online it was by hard copy so people used to write everything or type everything up and put th- these amazing big sort of documents together and so for the first couple of years um we literally physically took all of those entries um to Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane for three lots of judging. Um, we'd hire a hotel out for like a couple of days and people used to come in and they would physically sit down and judge everything.
0: Full on shit.
1: It was uh, Brisbane was okay because I used to just we had like suitcases full of all these things. Um, but it I used to have anxiety whenever I got on a plane because I'm like, do I do it by courier or do I take it on the plane with me? Because if you lost them. It's screwed basically. So um, we did that for a couple of years. Um, We then two years after we launched Beauty, we launched Hair because Hair was again, I felt, which were the business ones, um, I felt that they were lacking. Um, There was two other awards in the industry at the time, but nobody was really looking after business. So that one was a lot easier because, to be honest, a lot of the criteria that we had for beauty was quite easy to move across to hair. So, you know, best on business, best customer care, a lot of those questions were quite sim- similar. Um, some obviously different in terms of education and all that kind of stuff, but we sort of adapted it. Um, and so then I think it was about six years ago maybe we we opted to then put everything online we got to the stage where it just got too big to do it in hard copy um I was needing to have judges to spend four or five days on it because they were it was just too many we had to then get a load more judges it was costing a fortune to hire out hotels to do the judging in Mm -hmm. um we just thought okay if we can go online with everything um it also it was a way of putting everybody in a in a a sort of level playing field as well when they do it in hard copy sometimes the content is really good but maybe the way that they put it together is not as good as somebody that spends thousands on putting this incredible presentation thing together and while they still need to make it look good because that's indicative of the way they think about their business we wanted it to be about the content more so that you know it shouldn't matter if they gave us a proposal or gave us a submission that was covered in fur, like, which yeah. they sometimes did. Like, I wanted the content. Yeah. So, um, it also then meant that we could get loads of judges um, and then they would have time in their leisure over a month, say, to judge. So, it meant that the pressure wasn't because they all do that for free. So, you've got to make it as easy for them as possible. It started with beauty, moved to hair, and then, um, Obviously, a couple of years ago when Hair Expo made the choice to um, look at stopping, we, funnily enough, we had already been talking to them the year before. So the last one they had, which was 2019, I think, um, I'd been to see them straight after and said, look, you're an exhibition company, we do awards. Um, The last one they did wasn't great I felt and a lot of other people felt and so I said if ever you don't want to do it I would love to do it and so they went okay you can do it and then we were supposed to do a big announcement to the industry the following year and then COVID hit (laughs) and so that didn't really happen Uh, but we still did manage to do that kind of online so we took that over with our first um Still under the same brand, AHIA, but for business and now for creative. Um, so we took over the space of Her Expo Awards, twenty twenty
2: one. So when I saw that alert come up on my on your socials, I went, "That was pretty fast."
1: Because people didn't realise that we've been talking to them for twelve months prior. Yeah, and I know. I, know.
2: I went, "Go, Linda." Thank you. <laughs> I
1: was cheering. And it was interesting. It was interesting because at the same time. Um, We first started talking to them purely about um, the awards. And then they came to me and said, look, there's been a global directive that next, and it was like literally within a week, they were gonna close Hair Expo as well. And they said, we need you to take both. And I'm like, well, I don't really want that one. I just want the awards, Um, but I didn't want it to disappear. So we kind of made an agreement that we would announce that we would take over, over both. Um, and then put it out to a few people that, you know, if anyone was interested in sort of collaborating with that. And um, Simon Grover, who's the MD of Intermedia, he approached me and said um, that they were really interested in taking over the trade show and the education side. Mm -hmm. Um, So we had quite a few discussions. Um, Intermedia either or BHA Media are the people that own InStyle magazine, which was quite weird because in... in and kind of you know media space we would be seen as competitive Um, but we felt that it was just a really good way for two the two major media companies to come together and support the industry together on that iconic weekend where um, part of their business they actually have an exhibitions company they already do trade shows through another division so they knew what they were doing with that I knew what I was doing with um, awards so It was just kind of a, you know, a no-brainer really for us to then um, support each other where I own the awards, they own Hair Festival now, um, but we both support each other over that. Yeah, and it worked
2: like hand in hand. Yeah, I mean, having been there at the beginning of Hair Expo myself and for many years because Uh, because Evie's dad launched here it launched in Brisbane yeah I know I was there Um, and Evie's dad was artistic director for many many years yes I remember we've (laughs) been there yeah, you've been there since yeah. you're little to come down to yeah. Sydney.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean it ran for a few years here first, didn't it? Before it yeah. came. for me to be honest, and I guess even then with Barbara and we've launched the Barbara Awards, the AHIA creatives, it was almost like the final piece of the puzzle for us. Like we came on board in the hair industry specifically, you know, with an aim to I guess increase skill sets and and um, give people information on business. But then it kind of moved where we then did embrace the creative side. But we've always, I think, embraced the creative side differently to everybody else. So, for example, if we're going to do a story on, um, say, session styling in our magazine, um, a lot of the other magazines would just, you know, contact all the incredible session stylists and editorial stylists out there and just do some great, beautiful imagery and pictures and, and maybe do a shoot, and that's lovely what we wanted to do was what wasn't being done so we would then go to you know like in the I think we did even do a story we went to Nicola Shernjak, we went to Renya, we went to Anthony Nader we went to all these people and got them to talk about and we did an interview with them on how did they get to that what yeah. did they have to give up in the salon how did they work out the financial side of it mm-hmm. um, if they got told to go to New York and shoot a calendar how do you bring that back into you know um, what you can use within the salon and and all those kind of things. And, and so, you know, yes, there's lots of beautiful imagery in there as well, because most hairdressers, they need that both sides fed. Yeah. Um, I also want to make sure that they can learn something from it, too. So whether we do... An, a, a, an article in the magazine, an education event like we we have done with Heavis forum. I, my whole aim is that if somebody can walk away from anything that we do, having had one thing that's opened their mind or learned something, then I see my job to be done. That's yeah. kind of where it comes I from. I think
0: that's a really great motto. I think as a well, it's creative, back. yeah, yeah. Because I love. I think it was um, Katarina who said. Um, at the hotshots house, like she was like, you need to upload your information to others to like download more. Yeah. Mm. And I felt like that was like a really good kind of sentiment because if you've got all this amazing, juicy knowledge, like it's no good if you just keep it to yourself. Like yeah. no one's growing from that. You're not growing from that. So it's kind and of it's, good to like, and it's give always more. evolving anyway. Yeah. So I felt like that was a really key, I guess, Absolutely. little, um, quote from her that I've kept, quite close to my heart hearing that because I was like, it's so true. Yes,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Um, but certainly paying it forward and and um, giving that information is a good thing.
0: Yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah. And uh, I think you spoke about, I guess you working with your lovely daughter, Kelly which is so amazing we obviously love mother daughter duos here Um, so I guess like what is that dynamic like with both of you I know I hear how much you guys love working together but I guess how does that work um
1: I think it's just it's grown and it's grown in a in a um, in a really beautiful kind of organic way. She she started with me um, straight out of school, so she was like seventeen or whatever. Yeah. Um, she didn't really know what she wanted to do. So um, she had she loved art and she's very artistic. Um, she did like sort of photography and stuff too. So she just came to work for me and just I said to her, look, just do different, do some admin, do some. Um, you know, sort of creative stuff. She watched over the graphic designer a little bit, and um, I said, just then, then whichever bit you like. Um, you know, she was really good at writing as well. She's great at acting. It's all that kind of stuff. So I said, just look at what you want to do, and then if you want to then go and do that, then you go do that. But then my uh, the the graphic designer I had, I think Kel was twelve months in, and the graphic designer left, and we had a magazine to get out, and Kelly had kind of been picking stuff up and watching stuff, and I went you have to do it so I think I sent her on a two-day course and she and she then um just had to put a magazine together and it's funny because when I moved house recently we were looking through some old publications and she was looking at her going oh my god how did you ever let that out <laughs> it was just funny but um like you got to start somewhere <laughs> yeah so she's 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 a self-taught graphic designer she doesn't yeah. not you know I mean I'm probably self-taught in everything I do too so she's, she's grown up with the industry. Um, I think there's a lot of people in the industry, certainly my age, that are quite protective of, of her as well because they've seen her kind of, you know, the same way I would be. I mean, I, I mentioned the Tognini's before, so I guess similar kind of family thing, I guess, you know. Uh, we've watched them all kind of grow up and, and you know, take over and, and do what they do. And um, Kelly sort of has learned a lot. She's also, you know, she's now... 32 she's got children she's sort of you know so she juggles that the same way that I do so my my thing with anybody that has ever worked for me. I've never done a nine to five job in my life. Um, If I want to do something during the day, I will. And then I'll work at night. We are very lucky to have that ability with the the business that we run. Obviously, there are some things you have to do at a certain time. I mean, she does now a lot of videography stuff for our awards. She does a lot of the graphics. She's very much the driver behind um, the the branding and stuff as well,
0: Mm -hmm. as well
1: as just the general day-to-day actual full graphic design of the magazine too but she's also um because she's grown up with it and she's probably the most honest person around me um she she's also now my voice of reason she's kind of you know the the trainee has become the trainer (laughs) Um, and also you know she's she sees things and thinks of things in a way that I just don't and I probably never will because you know as much as the fact um you know Liz you probably feel the same as me a little bit like we you know we can be current we can be I think we're very lucky to be in an industry where um I think if you're an industry that is that is trend focused so if it's hair fashion music it, it just keeps you young because you follow that you still have your own you know, style. But um, if you don't keep up with the trends, you become irrelevant. So it's yeah. But like I
2: think happened. also it's the mentoring which I love doing. I always have lots of interns, um, yes. and you do, you know, in all your yeah. different ways. Um, I think that certainly keeps you current and and up to date yeah. as well. Constantly learning from them, yeah. yeah. And they in turn learn from you and those yeah. people that you're surrounded by. Yeah, yeah. it's one and of it's my so greatest joys.
1: Thing. I love it. Yeah, it's the same as that now that I've got Jared as well, and Jared's obviously younger, and, and, and he also, you know, he he comes up with ideas that I just would not even think of. Like, we're coming up with all these amazing things at the moment that link us in, in areas and platforms. Um, I mean, we're looking at Spotify, we're looking at NFTs, we're looking at all these, like, crazy yeah. things at the moment um, that not everybody understands, but most people go oh, that's really cool, and that's good because you need that cool factor to stay current. Sometimes when you run your own business and you're running everything and you're overseeing everything, you don't always look at the little things that are just really simplistic in in the front. A a good example of that is um, with the AHIA creatives, one of the things that I've always heard a lot is people hate having to print their photos out because it can cost so much money. The first time all the shots were displayed again in the gallery at hair festival, Which was a really important part because everybody loved being able to see all those images again, which hasn't been done, and it's different to seeing it online. Um, But we knew that we would have to go back and get them, and then you have to make sure that they're all done the same. You have to make sure that you then, you know, you've got to freight them, you've got to send them, you've got to stick them. It's it's a massive job. So I'm trying to work out how we were going to do that, and then Kelly was the one that said, "Why don't we just print them?" And I'm like, "What?" (laughs) She said, "Well." We have printers and we obviously get great prices with our printers because we print God knows how many magazines a year. We've got all the images already. They've already sent them in. We just download them and we size them and we send them to the printers. We can print them. That will save all of our entrants thousands of dollars um, for them to do it. It won't cost us that much to do because we do it in one hit.
2: And less administration.
1: And that's, so that's what we did. And then it meant that we got all these photos. We had, I think there was like, I don't know, six or 700 photos altogether that came in one box. Yeah, right that didn't have to be mounted, um, that we still did the Velcro dots and stuff and we put them up. But um, yeah. I mean, literally it was, it probably cost us less than what it would cost one person to, to do. Yeah.
0: So it's smart. That's just smart business. Clever I that. Chops.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't think of that. Kelly thinks of that because she sort of thinks outside the box. Um, so The hardest time I think has just been she she came on board in a young role and she is now instrumental to my company. Um, And so the transition of the way I treat her and the way that I, I guess, even introduce her um, and for her to have a voice, um, she now has. But I think there there were sometimes challenges in that as well because, you know, she kind of had to go from being just the person with me as my daughter to the person who is now highly respected in what she does in her own right. And she's had to do that. I I couldn't do that for her. Um, But we've had to navigate that a little bit. And I think when you have a a parent-child role, Mm -hmm. um, and I've spoken to other people about this as well that that have that in the industry. That's sometimes the challenge, I think.
0: Yeah, I totally understand that as well. Yeah. In our instance, like I think a lot of people are like, "Oh, yeah, well, you know, you're like a Golding, so that makes sense why you're good at what you do." Yes. And I'm like, "Interesting. Yeah. Like, it's definitely Doesn't always Yeah, like I was that. like, it's definitely <laughs> helped, but I've like done it from my own hard work to get where I am yeah. now. And also yeah. your Innate skills, like yeah. You, you, you know. yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the time, like I would introduce myself, but I, I kind of would hate people being like, "Oh, well, you know, you know, Ian and Liz Golding, like this is her daughter."
1: This is yeah, exactly. And yeah. I would be I, like, I'm, I'm,
2: I'm "I get it the the reverse me. now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <You're>
2: <laughs> Evie's mum. Yeah,
1: Jesus. yes." <laughs> I've always been very conscious of that with you, Evie, because yeah. I, I, you know, obviously I know your mum and dad, and I, and I think well. But you you are you in your own right. And then if if the conversation comes up, um, I think when we when we went and did the shoot with Andrew Atul, yeah, I purposely didn't want him to know that you were Ian's daughter because yeah. he knew Ian, obviously. But it was, and I think the conversation came up maybe at the end of the day and it was yeah. really quite a cool moment. But yeah. it's sort of, um, yeah, I think it's just having to have that identity of your own.
0: Yeah. Well, my dad always goes, oh, well, you have to tell them, like, who you are. And I'm like... <laughs> Like do I though? Definitely like if it comes up organically she holds sure. her own
2: space. <laughs> but
0: yeah, I don't think it needs to be like I introduce myself and give a whole backstory yeah. to why I'm here.
1: So so yeah, it's good. Very, we very we I mean her and I have got such an incredible relationship that I'm I'm blessed to have her um have you know, have her come on the ride with me um and do i mean she's a superwoman she's like i you know i adore her and she's i have so much respect for her she's got she she works for me pretty much full-time she's got the two babies she also has her own business with her partner with a, a gym bar and restaurant and now they've also got they launched a magazine called yeah Genius. i know
0: i saw that so amazing exciting ventures to come in your future like is there anything that you're kind of that you can talk about other than
1: retirement yeah <laughs> well I think that's pretty exciting for sure mm. look yeah. I I've had to think about it for the last few years as to because you know you get to a certain age and you, you do start thinking about exit strategies <laughs> I have been doing that. That's partly why I've got Jared on board. I can't see me not being involved in the near future. I'm still, I still am hungry for it. I love it. I get excited about it. Um, you know, some of it kills me, but it's still kind of cool. Um, I get a kick out of seeing people develop and succeed and do really well. And um and and I'm also dealing with the three industries with hair beauty and barber they're also completely different, um, that that kind of keeps things fresh as well. So I guess just more of the same, we, like I said, bringing Jared on, we do have um, um, a lot of new things that we're looking at launching. Um, certainly in the social space, uh, they're working on um, some regular lives and interviews that we'll be doing Um we're also looking at um like we're about to launch it, which we haven't yet done, but we've just done. And it's a really simple one, but we've just launched this whole, which I mentioned before about the Spotify profile. So it's just something where basically we've created a profile where we've got playlists for, for our three industries. So you know, getting people pumped before the salon doors open. Yeah, I or, love that. Um, you know, in a in a beauty situation, kind of like the meditation sort of stuff and um yeah. And what we've done to tie that in is that we've created all these great playlists, um, but the playlists are also named really cool names. And the image of each playlist is um, a shot from one of our winning AHIA collections. Oh, OK, I love that. So There's a credit in that as well. So just something simple like that. And then moving on from that, we're looking at um also inviting other people, so we could come to you, for example, and say, "Can you share a playlist with us?" And then we would have a picture of you with your initial on that, and that would be your playlist under the mocker group. So mm-hmm. um, it's not something that you know. It, again, it's not a money maker thing, but it's just something that's just good about. It, it's good for connection, good and vibes
0: as well, new. which is nice.
1: Like yeah. I'm really, really keen on increasing what we do um, with all of our PR. So uh, we're one of the only, well, I think the only competitions where people actually get something out of a win. Um, so Joe Coles, who's my PR um, through Lily Blue, all of our winners get personalised press releases. She goes crazy when it comes to getting PR for them when they win. So it's not just about the trophy, it's also about you know sure. sharing that um mm-hmm. you will have seen like this year i, I really it, when we launched ahia creative i said i want to do what i used to do years ago and that is that the australian hairdresser of the year has to be on tv the next morning yeah. um which we've yeah, done twice so um, we had channel seven there this year so we did quite we had huge coverage from them um for me about that's not just so much about ahia but it's also you know i was i was an original board member with ahc so my I'm, I'm very focused on trying to raise the industry trying to bring people into industry, all that kind of stuff because the more people in it the you know I guess it's looking at things outside of that so when we go to a product company for example for sponsorship it's like it's not just about giving us money to do that it's actually about supporting their salons and if that salon can win best customer care and advertise that and get more bums on seats they'll buy more products and then the product company gets more so it, it goes round in a circle there's never yeah. there's always a reason there's always a reason for what we do um but other than that i guess just spending more time with my three grandchildren now um travel again uh, i'm going back over to england in november i'm actually going to the british hairdressing awards for the very first no, time
2: that's so good. good yeah i've been to them yeah. i was a model
1: have you i've never been because i always go in october for salon so yeah i just yeah. i haven't been to the november so i'm going to that which will be really super cool um seeing family again because i haven't been back to england for three years um yeah, yeah family on the business horizon um like i said lots of um One of the new divisions that we're launching that that Jared is really um, all over at the moment is we we kind of sat down and looked at what our expertise is, and our expertise is marketing and media. And so we're going to be making a lot of that available to um, lots of companies, salons, um, really bringing in the digital space, videography, all that kind of stuff Separate almost to sort of what we're, we're doing, so we're looking at just kind of suggesting different things to people, um, to what we've done standardly, um, mm-hmm. and increasing on that. So, um, yeah, so that's all pretty, it. pretty it's exciting. Yeah, well, go you, Woo-woo.
2: go
0: girl. She's a multitasker,
1: <laughs> she is, she's got a lot of hats she wears.
2: <laughs> I know uh, so- and
0: maybe
1: just a couple of holidays
0: yeah week. that would be nice for you I think you deserve that's, that for sure it sounds very exciting yeah
1: yeah it is always and that's why I say it's just sort of you know I, I don't want to hang up my hat just yet but I, I I am putting things in place to allow me to step back and yeah and um, that's the biggest thing time yeah You know, I feel very blessed with what we do because I I can be pretty much anywhere in the world and I can still do what I'm doing, Um, you know, from as long as I've got my laptop and then I'm I'm happy days.
0: I think I always think of and you've created such a beautiful um, community um, to be what it has been over the last decade or so. So I think you've really just made such an amazing community like you there's not much more you can really do with that you've just hit the mark
1: that's awesome thank you because I think community and networking is probably the most important thing whereas this industry we are very flamboyant and you know out there and and it is about connection and the the idea is that they think of us to come to that hub so yeah I love that yeah yeah Yeah.
0: Yeah. Clever. well, Thank or, you so you're much. We're in the hub. All yeah. Way. Yeah, we're in the hub. Yeah. Clever. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. So, thank you so much. You're such an amazing woman and you've really yeah. done such incredible things for the industry. So, mm. thank Respect. you for that.
1: Yeah. Respect. Thank you. Thanks for inviting
0: me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So, yeah, too. we did too. Bye. Bye. Bye.
2: Well, wasn't that fantastic? Yeah, Loved that was it. amazing. Got so much from that. Um, so if you've enjoyed that. As much um, as we have. Share it with people who are in the industry. Yeah. or People who are just into business and leadership, which is such a like, perfect space uh, for them to listen to her
0: amazing Gems. advice and everything yeah yeah
2: um and so if you would like to look more into linda woodhead's uh, businesses there will be links in our um, show notes and on the website
0: yeah so goldengals.com.au and um on social platforms yeah so golden girls, just find us everywhere you can and i hope you guys are really enjoying everything we're putting out because we really love that we're able to do this and talk to really like-minded people women who are amazing in this industry so she is such a force um, and we hope you really enjoyed it yeah thanks for joining us we'll see you next week Bye. bye